Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. We spent a lot of time, of course, talking about electric vehicles on this show, and certainly uh, not all jurisdictions are going to be the same, and BC's generally done well uh, overall in purchasing uh, EV, uh, EV uh, electric vehicles. Now, uh, numbers overall are growing, but there is obviously cause for concern when the latest numbers have come out. And what I mean by that, the supply of unsold EVs on U.S. dealer lots have swelled 350% so far this year to more than 92,000 units uh, in June alone. Now, the average new EV costs about $64,000 in the U.S., so that means about $6 billion uh, in inv- inventory is sitting there collecting dust. Now, this is all coming out just as Ford announced that it was uh, cutting prices on its Ford F-150 Lightning pickup. There's a $10,000 cut in prices there, U.S. Uh, and Tesla earlier this year cut U.S. prices of its Model Y long-range version uh, by a quarter to about $50,490. So, and that's U.S. as well. So Toyota, sorry, uh, Ford has cut prices, so has Tesla. What is going on? Joining me now to talk a little bit about all of this is Jeremy Cato, automotive, automotive journalist at CatoCarGuy.com. Jeremy, thank you for joining us. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, Jeremy, what is going on here? This type of inventory that I'm looking at is significant. What do you think is happening? Uh, well, there's several things going on. Uh, when you're talking about price cutting, um, Tesla is price cutting to try and crush its uh, growing competition. Um, Tesla's got the lowest production costs uh, and, and marketing sales costs of any automaker in the world because they don't have dealers and they don't have to pay all those kinds of commissions. Mm-hmm. And they want to hold on to their share. And, and, and what I mean by that is um, in the last year alone, we've gone from about 40 EVs uh, models on the market uh, to more than 60 now, according to J.D. Power. So new people are coming in and Tesla you know, it's a tried and true thing in any business. If you want to keep your share, cut prices and hold on to your customers. So that's what Tesla's doing. Ford, uh, of course, uh, can't sell the Lightning because it's too expensive. I mean, if people go to my website, I had a, a, a road test of it a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the one I was driving is $125,000 for Whoa. a pickup truck that you can't really tow a trailer with. Not for any farther than you, know, you, can, tow, you can tow a trailer, but you'll only be able to go about 160 kilometers between charges. And the charge time for that big rig is quite long. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's just too expensive. And that goes to the third point I'd make is that overall with consumers, um, there was new research out from J.D. Power just recently here in Canada, is that two-thirds of car shoppers today are unlikely or very unlikely to even consider an EV. Pricing infrastructure, range anxiety, charging issues, all those things. And consumers are just saying, no, thank you. I'm not going to spend 50 or 60 or $100,000 
on a car that can't do or a truck that can't do everything I need it to do all the time. So let's uh, let's deal uh, with the with the. <laughs> That's a lot. Eh? <laughs> it's a lot, but it, but it leads us to some questions here. Let's start with the with the just the the people not wanting to buy EVs. Uh, so the low what it tells me is the low hanging fruit is almost gone. The folks that were going to make the transition have made the transition. Generally speaking, there may be a few stragglers. Uh, so prices it would prices coming down would would that change things? Or is this about just EV infrastructure, so more uh, charging stations all over this city and and across this province? Well, cutting prices would certainly help. I mean, just about the cheapest EV you can buy today in Canada is the Nissan Leaf. And that that starts at about $45,000. Now you have to factor in, you know, there's government incentives, depending on which province you're in, that can range up to thousands and thousands of dollars. might cut you know, six or eight thousand dollars off the price of that EV, but that's still you know mid mid thirties for old technology. The Leaf is a very very old technology uh, EV um, that can do everything you need it to do all the time. And if you want to get a handle on what uh, with that, I would steer um, NW listeners to a story that's in today's Globe and Mail by Paul Adams, a retired professor and uh, and Globe and Mail reporter who writes about living with his Nissan Leaf. And it's a good thing he's retired because he has to spend a lot of time waiting for charging or having anxiety about will there be a charging dock available if I go on a road trip, those kinds of things. So pricing would help, but that would only bring in more of the urban buyer because, let's face it, if you live uh, outside of the lower mainland, metro Toronto or metro Montreal, living with an EV is going to be extremely difficult as your only car. It could be your second car or your commuter car. But it, it's almost impossible to live with an EV uh, unless you're a retiree and you have plenty of time to wait for charging to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cutting, cutting prices would help, but that's not the only problem. Infrastructure is at least a, as big a problem. How, how much do you think range anxiety plays a role here? You know, we, we still you can muddle through and there's lots of places now where we're, almost on a weekly basis they're announcing new places to charge. And I would argue that, let's say, if you're fortunate to have a single family home, uh, you'd probably put in your own infrastructure as part of the purchase of a vehicle. How much do you think range anxiety still plays a role in regards to hesitancy for, 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 for people? Well, I, I think the range anxiety is, is a piece of the overall charging issue, right? Um, so I think for a lot of buyers, um, the idea that I just can't hop in my vehicle and go someplace, and if I run out of um, energy, I can spend three or five minutes at a gas station and and be on my way. Well, there is no charging dock station out there that will recharge your uh, your EV in three or five minutes. It's not going to happen. And some people are talking about maybe 10 minutes down the line. I know Toyota's working on a system like that. Uh, Ford is working on that. Tesla's working on it. But that, that's not here today. So the charging piece is, is a big deal. And, and as well as the range anxiety, can I get there? And you go back to that article I read, uh, referred to as uh, earlier, mm-hmm. Paul Adams was trying to do a road trip uh, just around southern Ontario in the winter, and he was freaking out, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, because it was cold and it was minus 20, and he, so he, but he couldn't run any of the warming characteristics inside his car, the heated steering wheel, the heated seat, because cause none of the charging stations were, that his app said that were available when he got there were not available. So this goes to the infrastructure piece, and until... 
as J.D. Power in, in its latest research uh, has pointed out, it, until governments and car makers spend billions of dollars on affordability, reducing uh, the cost of the vehicle, and building infrastructure, Canadians are certainly Canadians who are much more careful with their money than most Americans, just aren't going to go there in big, big numbers. Yet you're right, the low-hanging fruit has all been picked. Uh, final question to you. Uh, I remember I asked you this question a year ago, and I th- it's still the best advice I think I've gotten when it comes to EVs. Uh, would you still recommend people just wait a little bit longer? You've said that uh, uh, J.D. Power and Associates was saying that you know we've gone in a, about a year or whatever the timeline you were mentioning from 40 potential EV models you could look at. Now we're at 60. Should people still wait and give it a bit more time if they are going to make that plunge? Well, uh, here's what I would tell you. If I were going to buy a new vehicle today, I'd buy a gasoline-electric hybrid. There's some terrific ones out there. Um, I just finished testing. There's a video up on my website of the Toyota Prius. And last week, I did a video of the Honda Accord hybrid. These are vehicles in the $40,000 range. And in the Prius case, for example, uh, you're looking at cutting your average fuel bill versus a Camry with all-wheel drive in half. You cut your CO2 emissions in half. You, uh, you get terrific range. You get up something like 800-plus uh, kilometers on a tank of gas, and you've done something to deal with climate change, which is real, um, but you are not worried about range anxiety. You're not certainly not worried about reliability. Uh, taxi drivers all over Vancouver use Priuses, uh, and I really like that Honda Accord hybrid because it's basically an EV. The, the onboard gas motor is there to charge the battery, not really run the wheels, unless, except only under certain conditions. So I would suggest maybe wait for one more generation and go buy a hybrid, and you'll still be doing something really great for the planet. Well, Jeremy, good advice. Thank you so much. My pleasure.